ABC Listen. Yama friends, it's Jack here, filling in for Ruby, and this is news time. Hi, Jack. G'day, Jack. Today, we're going to meet an endangered hairy-nosed wombat. Then we'll learn how a First Nations language is using emojis. Next, we'll find out about Global Accessibility Awareness Day. After that, we'll train a very special camera to focus on a super massive black hole. And then it's that time of the week you've all been waiting for. Wow, the week. Can't wait to hear it. Let's go. Story number five. Wombats are cute-looking creatures that are often hard to find. Very small and funny. They have short, pointy ears. They're fat and they've got, like, a round body. Yep, that's them. Australia has three types of wombats. The southern hairy-nosed, the bare-nosed and the northern hairy-nosed wombat. Because it's got a hairy nose and that's hairy. The northern hairy-nosed wombat is the largest burrowing marsupial in the world. They weigh more than 30 kilograms and are about a metre long, or the length of a guitar. That's pretty cool. Wombats like the northern hairy-nosed like staying in their burrows. Sometimes they can spend up to 12 days underground. And they spend more time in their burrows if they can smell any changes in their surrounds, like a human scent. It's impressive because they wouldn't be able to go out and look for their food. They eat grasses and roots of plants so they can survive for long periods in their burrows. So it's pretty hard to catch a glimpse of them. The northern hairy-nosed wombat is one of the most endangered land mammals on Earth. They're only found in two small sites in regional Queensland. Recently, Queensland parks and wildlife ecologists, uh, their scientists who study how things live, decided to try and take photos of the northern hairy-nosed wombat so they could learn more about them. They probably stay really quiet, don't talk, and then the wombat comes out and sees them and they take pictures of them. They would probably get a long camera and stick it in the burrow and try to find one of them and when they find it on the camera, they'll take a picture. You're on the right track. The ecologists set up video cameras outside the entrances to some burrows. To their amazement, they had captured a video of the northern hairy-nosed wombat. These images will be used to help educate people and help protect their natural habitat, so their numbers can slowly increase over time. It would be good to learn about them. Exactly. Story number four. I love sending my friends emojis when I'm texting them. You can say so much with an emoji without needing words. There's all kinds of them, like love hearts and all that sort of stuff. A emoji is something that it could tell you faces or happy faces. Some look funny, some look mad, some look kind. That's exactly right. Emojis are digital pictures or icons that express an idea or emotion. And now emojis are being used to help First Nation kids learn language. The Cadage people live north of Alice Springs in the Northern Territory. A few years ago, elders became worried when a census found that there were only 110 people left who could speak the Cadage language. That's not many. It's a little bit sad that only 110 people know. It sure is. The elders realised that they needed to come up with something to help new generations learn their traditional language. 
It's very important and some of us might want to know how to say it and if that we lose it, those Aboriginal people might get pretty sad. Well, Cadage elders are working hard to make sure that doesn't happen. The elders and tech-savvy youngsters got together and developed an app that had 122 emojis, 44 of them specific to life on Cadage country. The app means people can hear the word in spoken language and how it's used in a sentence. They also printed out the emojis and put them up on classroom walls for everyone to see. It would be good for like young kids that got born and when they grow up they'll be able to learn the language. For sure. The Indigimoji project has been successful in other areas of Australia, proving technology can be useful to keep languages thriving for generations to come. For many of us, using a computer and accessing the internet is easy. But many of us don't think about how hard it is for some people to use a computer. This week, the world focused on Global Accessibility Awareness Day. It's a day when we think about the challenges people with disabilities have in accessing the internet and digital technology. Around the world, there are more than one billion people who have a disability that makes using a computer or accessing the internet difficult. People can be affected by inaccessibility, that's when something isn't accessible, in many different ways. People who are blind or who can't see well with their eyes need to have more programs that can read what's on the screen out to them. You would just have to like feel where you're going. You wouldn't know the right button, but you would try and spell what you needed. For people who are deaf or can't hear very well with their ears, they need captioning or words to describe the sounds and what's being said in videos so they know what's going on. Some people who don't have a lot of control over their muscles and limbs might need different shaped keyboards or special devices that they can use their eyes to control the keyboard. It would probably be hard because if you always had shaky hands, it would be hard to click on the right button you want. And other people might have problems with recognising and processing what they see on the screen. So they need web pages or screens that are uncluttered and words that are easy to understand. Maybe just put the words bigger sometimes? That sure would help. A lot of digital accessibility issues are easy to fix. They just need people to be thinking about them. So we can make websites easier for them to access? By asking them if they want us to help them and to be nice and kind. That's correct. Unlocking digital accessibility for people with disabilities opens up a whole new world of opportunities. Story number two. Not a lot is known about black holes in outer space. But new pictures of a supermassive black hole are giving scientists a much deeper understanding of our universe. I think it looks like space and I think the sun and another part of the world are having a fight. It's kind of like that. A black hole is a place in space where gravity is so strong everything gets pulled into it. Not even light can escape, making black holes very hard to capture in a photo. Scientists working in different observatories around the world have teamed up to create a planet-sized super telescope to snap a pic of everything happening around a black hole. That's pretty big. It sure is. Black holes are an important part of the universe. 
They recycle bits of stars and help keep galaxies stable. Black holes are known to suck in everything that comes too close. Planets, stars, light and dust. The black hole's probably really strong and things try to get out but they can't. Pretty scary because you might get sucked in there. Don't be afraid. It's nowhere near us here on Earth. It's about 54 million light years away. More than your brain can comprehend. Yep. Black holes also blast out huge jets of energy far into space. And this is the first time that all these parts of a black hole have been captured in photos. The images show heaps of cool things, like the connection between the stuff that's being pulled in towards the centre of the black hole, and a jet that's blasting out high-energy particles into the universe from the black hole. Scientists say having photos of these black hole events is the dawn of an exciting new era in understanding our universe. Because the scientists can tell us what black holes are all about. Exactly. And now it's that time of the week, the story you've been waiting for. Wow of the week. This story made me go wow because it was really cool and I never knew plants could do such things like that. Did you know plants can talk? No, they're not a person or an animal, so they can't talk. No way! Well, about four years ago, scientists found that the buzzing of bees near certain plants made them produce sweeter nectar, while other plants who were played white noise, or a constant noise, made the plants think and act like they were in the middle of a drought. I knew they could talk, but I never knew they'd notice that when bees are around, they could do that sort of stuff. Scientists say this proves that plants can hear. So recently, a team of scientists tried to find out if plants can talk. They put microphones next to plants like tomato plants, grapevines, corn and wheat, and pressed record. What they heard was airborne sounds being produced by plants. Like... Plants actually made popping sounds that couldn't be heard by the human ear, but could be when you recorded them. Researchers say the sounds are made by air bubbles expanding and bursting inside a plant's water-conducting tissue. What do you think the plants said? Can I have some water or you've cut me, I don't like that. <laughs> Spot on. The scientists say that if the plant was thirsty, the number of pops increased. It would be cool and we might be able to talk their language. Whether or not the plants can hear and understand what a nearby plant is saying is yet to be found. Knowing how plants talk could lead to humans understanding when certain plants need food or water, which would help secure food production into the future. Well, that is it for this week, my friends. Thanks, Jack. Don't forget to do the quiz. You'll find it in the show notes. And I'll catch you next week with five new stories. See you next time. Bye, Jack. See you next time. Or as they say in Swahili, kwaheri. News Time is an ABC Kids Listen podcast. For other awesome podcasts to play, music to move to and stories and soundtracks for sleep, 
Download the ABC Kids Listen app. It's free from your app store.